Okay, 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 okay. This is the one and only Javi G. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you might find podcasts. You can catch me on YouTube, Javi G channel, for all the fun updates. You can see me on TikTok, Javier Gobbledone. You can see me on IG, Beam 77 Anywhere you can think of me, I might be. Have a good one. <laughs> nice. Hey everybody, it's MZ. So the intro for this episode, this episode was recorded back in May of 2020. The uh, pandemic was in full effect. We had cities getting shut down, states getting shut down, restaurants, nail salons, barbershops. It was crazy. It was a crazy, we'd never seen anything like that before. And so there were there were a lot of angry people there were people that weren't allowed to work and i'm sure tensions were high so these protests were popping up all over the country this particular image that i saw was from a protest in michigan and it was of a group of gentlemen wearing civilian army outfits like jackets with magazine pouches and and they had their ar-15s masks because again there's a mask order at the time and they're standing in front of at the capitol building the michigan capitol building i think in front of the governor's office maybe and so man that just seems it seemed extreme to me. It still does seem kind of extreme to me. Now, having the reflection of now I'm in December 2020, seeing where it's gone, I don't know. I still I still think that was a little bit of a over, overly dramatic, unnecessary. But they, again, they have the freedom and the rights to do that here in this country. And they neither should those freedoms be hindered, I don't think. I don't think they were there to shoot anybody. I think they were just trying to get their point across. So, but I've, I've linked an article in the show notes uh, that was at this, written at the same time. And there's a couple of points in it that I did want to go over that I had missed in uh, the previous recording because I didn't hadn't really done a whole lot of the research that I needed to do but here we go so this is from the article dated May <clears throat> May 1st 2020 uh, from NPR.org hundreds of protesters some of them armed with rifles massed outside Michigan Capitol, Michigan's Capitol building Thursday to denounce the state's stay-at-home orders at the same time, lawmakers and the state's governor faced off 
in a battle over the response to the COVID pandemic. So everybody's mad. The government, it sounds like they're trying to do some stuff, but here's where it, I guess, went against what they were, what the protesters were down for. So many of the demonstrators carried signs reading Free Michigan as they called out Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer, who extended the emergency order through May 15th. A contingent of gun-wielding men even filed into the legislative building as lawmakers considered ways to restrain the governor's power, especially her ability to extend an emergency declaration. Now, I will say this. Here in Texas, our governor took a little bit more of a laissez-faire and left it to the locals. Um, And so we had, in our area, we had a judge making the decisions to shut stuff down. I don't know where that came from. I, I mean, I'm not a student of government or, or politics, but I don't remember the judges being allowed to just willy-nilly shut places down. But that's what this judge was doing. So that was in our area. So anyway, and here in this particular case in Michigan, the, their laws must be set up differently, that their governor has the ability to do that. Maybe Texas does too, but he just ignored it and didn't want to take the heat. All right, so... Further down, at this time, Michigan had more than 41,000 confirmed cases of COVID-19 and more than 3,700 people had died in the state because of the disease at the time of this writing. Now, at current time in December, Michigan has had 516,000 cases and a total of 12,000 deaths. Now, that's four times the amount of what was, that was 3,700. So, I mean, we're talking about people dying here. These are 12,000 people that at least some of them could have been saved if certain precautions would have been taken in our country. But I'll move on to the article. So there are so many people that are not as lucky. Okay, so again, there were people that were that were working, and there were people that weren't working, and so this person is commenting about that. So their comment is, there are so many people that are not as lucky as us to be able to still have a paycheck right now, and they can't feed their families because of trivial orders that are violating their constitutional rights. And that is from uh, Teresa Goodman, a grocery store worker. Now, grocery stores were considered, at the time, essential, if you'll remember. What a world. So, but other places were not essential. And so, I, um, I, I get it. There's people that were hurting, that weren't getting paid. But bringing out guns to the government offices? I don't know, man. That just seems a little extreme to me still. But, anyway... Last of it, I wanted to uh, to say where we stand here in December as of this recording. And so we have had 18,909,910 total cases of COVID-19. Total deaths, 
330,901. In just the last seven days, 15,662 people have died due to COVID-19. This is a real thing, guys. We're all just trying to deal with it. And I lean more towards the science. If science is telling us this could help, we should, it's our duty to do our part. Now, your constitutional rights to not wear a mask, I don't know that the founders had that in mind. But I think, I would think common sense would play a part. But who am I to say in 2020 what common sense actually means? So anyway, here's the episode coming up. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Happy holidays. Here comes 2021. Let's do it. Cheers. Well, here we are again. Uh, we find ourselves in that place that I feel like I've got something to say. And you're here because you're intrigued enough to want to listen to it. In all honesty, this is a second attempt at this particular topic. Uh, the first attempt, I made the mistake of uh, trying to cook dinner while uh, recording the ep an episode. And while at the moment that seemed like a good idea, uh, it turned out to be a pretty hot mess. Uh, there was a lot of noise in the background, frying things in the skillet, clinking of plates. Uh, anyway, it, it, it made it very difficult to to hear a lot of it. And I'm finding... One good thing that it, I'm finding out in doing going through this process is um, it did give me a lot of the ability to go back and listen to uh, some of the points and maybe do a little research uh, to bring, a, bring them together, uh, also to expand on some of the points uh, to find a little bit more clarity. So it made a little bit more sense. So... What is it uh, that is on my mind? Well, so I saw a picture the other day of some gentlemen in military-style uh, outfits, camo, uh, the desert tan, uh, with black jackets, and assumably bulletproof vests, I guess. And their, their rifles. And this picture was taken where they were posing was in front of the governor's office in Michigan. Now, this was in conjunction with, uh, there's a lot of protests going on right now. So with everything that's been going on throughout the country, uh, stay-at-home orders, uh, shelter-in-place, essential businesses, non-essential businesses closed, people sitting at home, 
people not working, people not making income. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of frustration. And it's been going on for about eight weeks now. At varying levels, you know, it, it, it was had a kind of a creep. Uh, it started out with just schools closing, and then it ramped up to certain businesses closing, and then restaurants, uh, nail salons, barbershops, gymnasiums, workout centers. So it's it, now we're in a, in a spot to where things are starting to be loosened up, that there are some places that restaurants are starting to open back up to limited capacity. Restaurants have always been delivering food. Uh, I'm sure this has been a boom for the uh, food delivery, fast food delivery services. There's still a lot of places that are closed and a lot of people who have been out of work and a lot of people who have been hurt by this. So these protests have popped up and we have uh, people descending upon their government uh, offices and with signs, you know, we have the right to do this or that and infringement of rights uh, is wrong and all these kind of things. Well, the, the, this particular case, these guys decided to come to the Capitol with their, with their guns. And in certain areas, that's completely, it's okay uh, to have open carry of firearms is legal in certain states and in certain instances. A rifle on a sling, a handgun in a holster, uh, open carry is not, not an issue. But when in conjunction with a protest like this, it does draw quite a bit of attention. Um, you've got guys with guns in public where there's emotional tension. People are angry. People are frustrated. And that usually is not a good combination. Uh, frustrated people with guns, uh, bad things can happen there. It has happened in the past. So I guess my thoughts on this are are many, uh, only a few that I wanted to discuss particularly, but regarding the the firearms, the, the display of these firearms in this manner. Now, just a brief history, I grew up in a family that didn't really have a lot of firearms uh in the house, it wasn't. We didn't go hunting. I, my father and I never, to my knowledge, went hunting. As a child, uh, I knew he had a couple of rifles and a shotgun or two, um, but I never, you know, we never went out and used them. On the rare occasion, though, I was a, a member of the Boy Scouts of America growing up. Occasionally, we would go to a shooting range, or we would go shoot skeet, or we'd go shoot uh, paper targets. And sometimes we would be allowed to bring our own firearms. Well, I didn't own any, but my dad did. So on a couple of those occasions, uh, he would come with and bring a rifle or a shotgun for whatever the activity was, and I would get to use one of those items. So that's how I kind of knew um, that he had them. 
so the my upbringing with firearms has not wasn't I didn't have a lot of experience now as I got older and became an adult I did become a lot more interested in firearms and I went so far as to go to classes self-defense classes marksmanship classes bought several firearms myself and we're talking about maybe 10 years ago 10-15 years ago when all this kind of started and my interest in firearms and uh, our state had uh, passed a concealed handgun license and I was very intrigued and interested in pursuing that so but I also I'm the type of person that I didn't want to go into it haphazardly I wanted to if I was going to go to, as far as to carry a gun I wanted to know how to use it I don't just want to expect that I was going to suddenly be a uh, you know be this uh, amazing defended defensive person if I'd never even uh, shot the gun in a defensive manner or, or trained in how to do that so again this was all civilian training this none of this was military I'm not from the military so again that's kind of my history briefly of guns and <clears throat> I'm a hundred percent believer in the right to carry and the right to bear arms and you're that shouldn't be infringed by any government uh, as soon as government starts infringing upon those rights it's uh, we're starting to go down a slippery slope that could lead us into some pretty treacherous areas so now does that mean that I'm a, a, mil a militia member and that I go to exercises and and uh, no it doesn't I don't guys who do that uh, kudos to them again that's your rights to do that uh, it's not something that I'm interested in uh, the training that I've taken um, I feel is completely adequate uh, and the research that I do on my own is uh, it meets the needs that I have regarding my firearms <clears throat> so with that being said I am 100% in support of people owning firearms and defending themselves from criminals from from their government if their government steps out of line that's why our founding fathers to me uh, established the Second Amendment was to leave it open to the people that if ever there was tyranny like they were seeing in the days that they were living in with the government uh, confiscating land uh, forcing soldier forcing them to allow soldiers to live in their homes uh, yeah so they didn't want to see that happen again so they made it possible for the people to have the rights to bear arms so those those rights are still sacred as far as I'm concerned so but there's a lot of people who don't own firearms. There's a lot of people who don't have experience with firearms. There's a lot of people who are scared of firearms. And there's a lot of reason to be scared and fearful. Uh, there's just this horrendous rash of public shootings in our schools, in public places, theaters, concerts. Uh, where people will bring guns and shoot up other people and it's it's a horrible horrible situation especially our children 
that our kids uh, should be vulnerable to that type of attack, those people have to be stopped. This particular topic is about. So, but with that, along with that, there are people who are very feel fearful of guns and they want to restrict the rights of those of us who, who own guns and who carry guns. And I understand their justifications. It, it's very disturbing. And to think, oh, well, if you just take away all the guns, then we won't have people get shot up at schools or in theaters. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. The criminals are always going to have guns. Which leads to another side of this. Uh, I live in a suburban area. Fairly safe. I walk my dog daily. Never do I have a concern or a fear that that if I walked outside that I was going to get shot or that I was going to get robbed or mugged. Or Not everybody lives in that type of a neighborhood. Some people live in a very difficult situation where going outside could be dangerous, where there are criminals running around shooting each other, shooting bystanders uh, here in the United States. I mean, it happens. Uh, in other countries, you've got the, the military, uh, you've got the government that is, uh, that they're patrolling around with high-powered weapons and there's curfews and there's crazy things like that, but not here. So I'm very fortunate. And I, I realize that, but those people who live in those areas should be able to protect themselves. You shouldn't have to live in fear of going outside to your car with the potential of someone mugging you or pulling a, a gun or a knife on you and threatening violence on you and not be able to protect yourself a hundred percent behind those people who live in those environments and feel necessary to carry a gun for protection. Um, whenever I first started getting involved in firearms, clearly it was from a pers personal protective perspective. Again, did I live in a horrible neighborhood? No. But there's always that potential that you could be just in a restaurant and then some wacky, insane person comes in with a gun and just starts shooting people. It's happened. <clears throat> so that's kind of what led me into my experience with guns as an adult. Now, as we evolve as a society, and, and we are living in a pretty remarkable country that we have the rights to, to own firearms, to display these firearms, to protest. Not a lot of countries have these rights. Not a lot of countries have the ability to do these things safely without being rounded up by their government and put into prison for their protests. So from that perspective, we also we got to keep that in mind. We got to keep in mind that it is a unique situation that we live in. 
compared to other countries. Now, the stay-at-home order, the non-essential business, I, I understand it. I get it. I, we've been affected by it. Uh, we both work in industries, my lovely wife and I, uh, that have been affected by this, that either have been shut down for being non-essential or customers that we serve have been considered non-essential. And so therefore, there's no work that can be done for them because they're not open as a contractor. <clears throat> so that has made it very difficult. We have felt the financial strain of not having income come in and wondering how we're going to cover our bills. And so I understand that side of it. I understand the people feeling frustrated. Uh, now, that's one aspect. The other aspect is being stuck at home, not being able to go out and and live in the manner that we have been grown accustomed to, to be able to go down to the store at, at whenever I feel like it. Uh, I, When this all started several weeks ago, I made it, went up to our local uh, big box store to make a purchase, and they were closed. And this was at like 10 o'clock. <clears throat> this store is normally open until like 1, one 2 in the morning. I had no idea. I was like, what do you mean you're closed? They said, well, that's our new hours. We're not open uh, past uh, 8.30 anymore. I, I didn't get it. It didn't, it didn't dawn on me what was going on. Well, now I do. I totally get it. So these people that are in these non-essential or that, that are in these essential businesses, they have to clean these, these facilities because you've had a whole day of, of thousands upon thousands of people coming in and out of these stores. You don't know what, what kind of is going on in their life. And so they've got a, they've got a constant cleaning going on, but then they've got to do another level of cleaning once the, the store closes, uh, to sanitize the store in preparation for the opening of the next day. So just because they're closing at eight thirty, that doesn't mean these folks are going home. These folks are having to, having to clean these stores until who knows how long. And I don't, I'm not that familiar with uh, all of these stores, but I do know <clears throat> some folks that work in grocery stores and they're there until uh, 12 uh, a.m., one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, restocking, uh, cleaning, sanitizing. Um, and it's, it's a lot to ask of people. This is a whole new way of living that we're all experiencing together. And we're all, I would like to think that we're all trying to deal with it as best we can. And so looking at it from that perspective that, yeah, I'm being inconvenienced that I can't just go up to the store at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night to, to pick up a loaf of bread that I forgot to pick up earlier in the day. These people that are that are still working are being expected to do things that they that's never been part of their job description up to this point. You know, spraying and wiping uh, carts as they come back in. Um, now, maybe we should have been. That could that's a whole other debate, whole another probably a whole other episode, is 
the cleanliness standards that we that were considered acceptable prior to all of this and moving forward wow we could probably talk for for a good long while about that um, but it's not the topic of today uh, to what I'm getting at is the frustration levels everybody's feeling and so when people get frustrated here in America what do they do they protest they they demonstrate they get out there with signs and they they tell the people in power how dissatisfied they are, whether it be government or whether it be a business. I mean, plenty of people protest businesses, boycotts, um, picket lines, all those kind of things. So it's uh, that's just again that's a <laughs> that's a remarkable freedom that we've had here in America, in the United States of America, to be able to demonstrate, to protest, to to do these things without fear of repercussion, without you know. Sure. When you when you cross the line, the authorities uh, arrive, and sometimes the authorities are there to monitor it to make sure things don't get out of hand, as they should be. That these things can can turn into a tinderbox and can get out of control pretty fast. So that's where it starts to get a little bit dicey when we start to introduce firearms and the display of firearms into these protests. So. What is the message that we're trying to get across when we show up to a government facility, in this case, the governor's office, and we're fitted up in military gear with rifles magazines in our pouch in the magazine pouches <laughs> and what is the message are we are we trying to tell our elected officials that we are willing to to revolt to rise up over a stay-at-home order wow that seems extreme to me. It does. We're being asked to stay at home in the attempt to reduce the amount of cases or potential cases of this virus that is, we've been told, is so contagious and dangerous to elderly and to people with, with immune deficient issues, immune deficiency issues. <clears throat> so by being asked to stay at home, told, okay, forced, there's not a... <laughs> when this first broke out, there were people that expected... National Guard to descend upon our neighborhoods and patrols going around. Uh, none of that's happened in my area anyway. All I can speak of is my area, what I'm experiencing in my, in my little little village of Anatevka. <laughs> we don't have the police patrolling around, arresting people, 
for being outside. There's plenty of cars still driving around. Is it as thick as it used to be with traffic? No. But there's still, we were, I, I can still go to the grocery store. I can still go to the drive through at the, the local takeout. Um, I can't go see a movie. I used to enjoy that quite a bit. Unable to do that. Theaters are all closed. People can't go to the gym. I get that. I used to do the gym thing. Um, and you're not able to do that anymore. You can't go get your nails done or your hair cut. But for the most part, we still have the freedom to roam. There's still plenty of people to go fishing. Uh, there's still people, plenty of people to go out to the lake in their boats. In our area, anyway. And so... Wow, it, it's hard for me to see what we're being asked to do as warranting the public display of firearms in a manner that seems threatening. Now, I don't think, I don't want to put words in these guys' mouth, but it all comes back to perceptions, doesn't it? A lot of these discussions have. What is the perceived message when I look at this picture of these guys standing with their masks on? Interestingly enough, that's anonymity I totally can appreciate. But they've got their masks on. They've got their desert camo blue jeans, they've got their military jackets and they've got their rifles and they're standing here in front of the governor's office. We're not talking about on the street corner in front of the governor's office and the perception that I get from that is hey we don't like what you're making us do and therefore we're not going, we may potentially do something about it. And I can see how a lot of people who aren't firearms people could get disturbed, could get spooked, could get a little bit nervous about these kind of displays. Folks, we've got to We've got to all just step back and take a breath. It's really not as bad as, as it seems. Okay? You, yes, financially you may be getting, getting pinched a bit. But this isn't the Boston Tea Party scenario. Okay? This isn't taxes being levied on us by a tyrannical government forcing us to take action. This is a requirement for us to stay at home, to interact less in public, and to try to let this contagion play itself out. And 
Clearly, violence is not the answer. Intimidation is not the answer to this. And I want to, I want to hope that we all have the best of intentions when it comes to getting through this together. Because that's all that we have, is, is to get through this together. We all, what I would hope that would come out of this experience is more kindness towards one another. More understanding that we're all struggling through life. We're all trying to get through this experience of life the best we can and that we should maybe just think about the the message that we're putting forth in the actions that we have. I don't know. What do you think? What are your what are the things that right now that are that are causing you undue stress or strain or frustration? I'd love to hear about it. Mention it in the comments. Sometimes the best way to deal with things is to share them. And that's all this is about. This is just me sharing my thoughts. If you agree, great. If you don't agree, let me know what your what your thoughts are. I hope that we can all make it through this safely and that we get some normalcy back at some point, I hope. Till the next time. Farewell.